0: Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 25th, 2019. I'm Scott. I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython full-time. They are by far the biggest sponsor of CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a beginner-focused version of Python, which is an easy program, easy... Programming language, uh, and we run it on microcontrollers, which are tiny little computers. The goal is to make it really easy to get coding on hardware. So, uh, this is our weekly meeting that goes at uh, that is regularly at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on our Discord channel uh, on Mondays. Uh, you can join the Discord by going to adafru.it slash Discord. That'll hop you in. Uh, we're in the text chat all week, but we're only in the voice chat usually during the meeting uh, on Mondays. Everybody's welcome to attend. Um, We're happy to uh, hear what's going on within the CircuitPython world there. Uh, This meeting is recorded, so beware that if you are in the CircuitPython channel, uh, the voice channel, we we will be recording your voice and we're recording the text in the CircuitPython text channel. Uh, those recordings get posted to the Adafruit YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. And uh, I tend to post them on Diode Zone as well if you want to try something that's not YouTube. Um, let's see. That's the recording stuff. Uh, we also post notes. So we have a notes document that's running on Google Docs. And as we go along, I will take time codes. So if you ever do miss a meeting but you don't have the time to listen to the typical hour or so that it takes... You can always check the notes doc and skip around in the video to the parts that you want to listen to. Um, This meeting is run in five parts. We first have a community news section that Phil will go over, uh, which is kind of a mini version of our uh, Python on Microcontrollers newsletter that goes out on Tuesdays. You can join that by uh, going to adafruitdaily.com and subscribing there uh, for all the news that's fit to print about Python and CircuitPython and MicroPython and all of that. Um, after we have community news, we have a state of CircuitPython and its libraries, which is a statistical overview of the project. It's meant to kind of ground us in numbers, uh, so we'll go over that. And then after that, we have hug reports. Hug reports is a chance uh, for us to take a moment and say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing. Uh, it's a, it's a meant to complement bug reports, so uh, giving us the space to say thank you to other folks. Um, if you are in the voice channel, we do it as a round robin, so I will start, and then we'll go through the list of folks. Uh, you can let us know where you're lurking, and then we'll just skip over you. Uh, if you do not want to speak, but you want but you do have a hug report, you can tell us your text only, and either drop them in the text channel itself or in the notes doc, and I will read it off for you. Uh, and then uh, if you want to speak and do all that stuff, you can totally just uh, wait to be called on, and we'll we'll call on you and you'll get a chance to speak. Um, and then we have uh, status updates after that, which is done as a round Robin as well. So same rules apply. Uh, but this is a chance for you to give a couple minutes overview of both what you worked on in the last week and what you're working on in the coming week. Uh, it's a way for us to be kind of all on the same page about what's going on and uh, that status updates. And then lastly, we have in the weeds, which is uh a chance for us to just have any longer form of question field any questions or discussions that we want to have uh based on that so uh that's what in the weeds is for if you have topics for in the weeds uh hop on the notes doc and add them there uh that's that way that when we get to that section we kind of already know what uh what topics we're going to talk about and we don't have to wait uh to see if anybody has anything so uh with that let's get started and go to community news.
1: All right, thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. My caller ten. Uh, nah. I have no idea. Because you, you have the radio. Because my
0: radio voice. Yeah. That's right.
1: I, I, on WGETW. <laughs> okay. B L N K A Blinka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These uh radio jokes don't go over so well. All right. So in <laughs> the community news, uh this week, a little bit of reminder: Circuit Python five zero beta, beta zero. Is released. So if you want to help us test things out, we of course would love to hear about anything you run into here in the chat, but also pull requests, issues, and more.
2: We'll be timed um, update everything. Oh boy. Yuck.
1: Hey, Charles, right. can you mute? <laughs> that was like a soundboard. <laughs> um, Thank that you. was also from Radio Days. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of all the news that's fit to print, uh, Lady 8 and I go to. Um, Newsstands, there's there's some still left, and there's magazines. So we do a tour of like what's on the cover of magazines, what are people doing, and the thumbnail in Discord has one of the things that we were looking at. Wired has a cool cover, but we also saw um, Python has a ton of resources and and more, just not a, not Python as a specific organization, just Python in general. And when you look at the newsstands, you'll start to see. And I'm going to add these photos here since it's the thumbnail didn't quite get it. Um you'll see there are lots and lots and lots and lots of magazines and books and there are some familiar faces and names as well. So Sophie's wearable tech projects were there, hackspace. Um that, that's all circuit python, python on hardware. And then lots of python coding books. So that's kind of interesting. Uh over the years I think I've been doing this for maybe 15 years, taking pictures of what's on newsstands, and you can kind of see um, the, the the different amounts of popularity with either programming language or it's something that gets um, released. I think Google has their game system out there, but this is something we've noticed for a while, so I wanted to to get some photos about that. So we'll see. Um, maybe there'll be a Circuit Python magazine book type mm. entity soon too. Oh, um, mm-hmm. the take f- flight with feather contest with DigiKey, Hackaday, and Adafruit um, is really, really taking flight. There are 33 entries altogether. And from what we were told, it's one of the fastest uh, number of entries in a contest that Hackaday has had so far. So if you have any type of hardware ideas, you don't even have to design the full thing, you can enter at hackadaya.io. And I put the link in the chat. Um, Speaking of newsstands from the other thing I was posting about, Hackspace has their um, issue 25 and it's Maker Christmas. There is tons of CircuitPython in this issue and Python on hardware from Adafruit stuff to um, all the different boards. uh, We're almost up to 100 that are supported. uh, Lots of stuff in there. So you can download it for free. You can put on a USB drive, give it as a gift. You can subscribe and you get a free Circuit Playground Express. You can also just buy a one-off copy depending on where you are. On planet earth um lots of little bits of tweets and news from um supercon and one of the things and we don't ask for this we just kind of like see what happens people get something with circuit python on it and they're saying how easy it is and that's really what we're going for um how easy it is how simple it is how fast it is how easy it was just to plug it in and you can just edit something right away you did not have to download anything so all these things um that it's it's music to our ears um, sometimes literally, but that's, um that's good validation on, on, on our efforts on the newsletter that I'm working on. Um, I posted a link to the videos that um, Andy Hirschfeld did while at Apple from in like 1983. And when they were talking about like, there wasn't really a mouse and it wasn't really easy to use computers. And the the way they were talking about like how easy it was and how they were able to save so much time to do stuff it sounded very familiar um, to when we talk about circuit python and like all the time you're saving all the things you get to do and like how you're you're just working on the, the important things you're not you know wrestling with software um so anyways i thought that was kind of neat and that'll be in the newsletter as well um we're on hackaday uh this is neat there's all these uh little sculpture clocks and sculptures that people are making with wires and mm-hmm. uh, they're using feather so that's kind of a cute one um and it's, if you have stuff like that uh let us know because we like to Uh, there's the eyeball portion, you know, and it has little eyes, but there's also the the physical portion of it. And those are fun for people to see that it's not just code. You can also do things like crafts. Um, Embedded computing design. They had a roundup of uh, Supercon and uh, I think it was Jeremy who was there uh, had a nice quote. Um, Scott was introduced as pretty much being CircuitPython. Congratulations, Scott. Um, The language that was used uh, to program the Adafruit Edge Badge uh, the badges were conveniently set up, so when plugged in, you can open up a program such as Text Editor and make modifications. So that's kind of nice to see. Um, another thing in the community, probably remember Max. Max does all sorts of Python and hardware and space, and Max teaches at Stanford, and they have the SAM32. There is a um, whole new batch of them that they just released. You can see them on twitter and i also link to this you can build your own it's completely open source and they have a ton of resources for anyone to make them themselves um oh cool a little rendering on discord <laughs> to a cat <laughs> uh one of our favorite open source hardware companies electronics cat is working on a bast wan with smr34 compatible with circuit python so that's a new upcoming board i put that in the coming soon section and dashi showed off a new pew pew an event just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. And I wanted to wish everyone happy holidays. Um, it's coming up. We're still going to be doing all of our shows. So Show & Tell on Wednesday, Ask an Engineer on Wednesdays. No and Pager is still doing their show. Um, we're still going to be doing the newsletter this week and next week and all the way through the holidays. So please, you can add us or you can open up an issue or a PR, and we will add any Python on Hardware News and that.
0: It's a community news? Awesome, thank you, Phil. Um, right. Thanks, Scott. Always really cool to see all the things that are happening. And uh, for the record, I'm not the person that introduces myself as the C- Circuit Python guy. <laughs> that was primarily Paul from TT He was like, oh, "Yeah, you're basically Circuit Python." I'm "Well, no, I started it, but no, not you're anymore. more than that.
1: You're you're all the, yeah. the the sum the sum is greater than the pieces."
0: <laughs> yeah, Circuit Circuit Python is much bigger than just me, just me for sure.
1: Yeah, sometimes someone just points at me and says, hey, Adafruit. And I'm just like, well, yeah, no. <laughs>
0: no, but <laughs> but right. that just goes to show you don't really understand what it is. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Okay, let's go to state of circuit Python and libraries. So as I said earlier, this is uh, kind of a statistic objective view of the health of the project meant to really ground us in how things are going uh, rather than just all of our are good feelings, which are great as well, but we'll get to those later. Uh, so overall, uh, in terms of statistics, we had uh, twenty-one pull requests merged f- uh, from nine dith- different authors. So thank you to all the authors there. Um, a couple of folks who look new to me: uh, Taden, Johannes, and uh, CBYR twenty-four hundred one. Uh, Look like all new contributors. Rafa Gould, I think, is relatively new. uh, Did the Korean translations for a long, long time. And it sat there and sat there and sat there. And thanks to Jeff uh, Epler, we got those in. So uh, thanks to you both. Uh, We had six reviewers. uh, Katni, Dan, Lidia, myself, Jeff, and Melissa. So thank you to reviewers as well. Uh, As always, um, thank you to folks who uh, review. Uh, It's kind of an un... un unsung uh task so it's always good to uh hop in if you see a change uh test it out let us know it works for you um it's just incredibly helpful um okay so issues wise we had 19 closed issues by seven people and seven opened by seven people so we're net down by 12 which is kind of amazing uh we're not usually down by 12 so good job everybody on that uh, really happy to see it um Overall, uh, Dan released 5.0 beta 0, which is super exciting. That has the new BLE.io uh, changes in it. And it basically is getting us to the point where uh, we're getting closer and closer to thinking of 5.0 as stable. um, Which is really exciting. We're doing some really cool stuff with BLE. So if you haven't played around with BLE or wireless in general, I highly recommend it. It's been super fun uh, because I haven't really (coughs) until now either. So... Please check it out. Let us know what you find. Uh, If you have random BLE devices around your house, uh, we'd love to get CircuitPython working with them. So reach out and let us know what you've got too. Okay, Uh, core wise, uh, this is where we get into a little bit more detail about what's going on uh, on the core C side of CircuitPython. Uh, We had eight pull requests merged from six different authors Uh, CBYR2401 and Ralph Gould are the new folks there. And we have five reviewers. So thanks again to our reviewers. We have 13 open pull requests. We've actually knocked out um, either by closing or merging the old ones. So our, our oldest PR now is only 113 days old, which is about what, a third of a year or something. So uh, great job on that. We have a lot more that are are much fresher uh, PRs. So keep up the good work there uh, getting PRs pulled in. Thank you to everybody who's done that. Issues wise, uh, we had one closed issue by a a single person and four open by four people. So uh, we're we're not helping the the overall issue count at all. Uh, We have a total of 197 open issues and you can check the notes doc for a link to that um, to see all those issues. Uh, We have active milestone breakdowns. Uh, I won't cover those except for the fact that we have zero issues that are not assigned to milestone, which is pretty awesome as well. So good job everybody there kind of keeping track and, and grooming our issues. So thank you everyone there, in the notes, we also have download stats by board and by language. Uh, so if you're curious about that, take a look. Uh, Five O Beta Zero is the latest unstable release, and we've had 207 downloads of that. Uh, we've had uh, over 19,000 downloads of 4.1.0. Uh, it's been out forever, uh, but it's interesting to see that that number still seems to be going up. Um, so thanks to everybody there as well. And let's go to Catney for the library overview.
3: Thanks, Scott. So we had uh, across all the libraries, 13 pull requests merged by five authors, including Taden and Johannes, and by five reviewers. We currently have 29 open pull requests. Um, A few of them are fairly recent. uh, A bunch of them are not, and we still uh, need to put some effort into going through that and seeing um, what we want to do with the older PRs. We had 18 issues closed by seven people and three open by three people, leaving us with 131 open issues. If you would like to see that list, you can go to uh, circuitpython.org contributing where uh, we have all kinds of library stuff available. Um, if you are looking to contribute to CircuitPython, uh, it's a great way to get started is to get involved with um, helping out with the libraries, either by reviewing PRs or uh, checking out issues. Um, we try to keep a list of good first issues for people who um, are new to things. And if you are new to things, we have guides on how to get started and we are always available to help you and we want to do that. So let us know and we can try and find something that works for you. Uh, to get started, we've had a number of library updates in the past uh, week, which I will not go into in detail, but those are listed in the notes um, and are also listed on CircuitPython.org slash libraries. So, any information you want about the libraries um, is available on CircuitPython.org. So, check that out if you're interested. And that is the state of the libraries.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, let's go to hug reports. So hug reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the the work that they've been doing. Um, the nice thing about having everybody kind of participate in hug reports as a run Robin is that uh, hopefully we don't miss very many people who are doing awesome things. Uh, I know that I to some degree want to make sure I, I hit everybody. But uh, I also know that there's lots of other folks who are paying attention to what's going on and can do hug reports as well. So Uh, Thank you to all the folks who participate here. And uh, I'll just reiterate, this is done as a round robin, so if you are in the voice channel on the left, uh, we will call on you unless you've let us know that you're either text-only or lurking. Um, Lurking means that you're just uh, listening in. um, And we won't... And and, Yeah, you're just listening in. Uh, If you're text-only, it means that you don't want to use your microphone, so I'll just read them off. Uh, And... uh, yeah, Dan's smart and saying uh, Nicholas is about to head out. So uh, instead of starting, I will actually start with Nicholas. Hi, folks. Can you hear me? Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. It actually works for once. Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> yay. So um, uh, I'll start with my group hug. Group hug for everyone because... You know, the world needs more hugs and things. Um, and also, Scott, uh, for the very quick turnaround on extended adverts for BLE, so we can have longer radio messages. Um, and uh, I was able to do the changes I needed to the radio module um, this evening, it only took about twenty minutes. So, um, yeah. So that's been the the, the story of this little <laughs> block of work. Is that uh, I've just sat there going, "How easy is this? <laughs> um, this is really very." very far too easy and um so uh my update report is let me scroll down so i can remember why i actually put so last week uh, i did um a day and a little bit of work on um, adding a test suite to a uh, CircuitPython module. Um, rather than uh, explain everything that I did, I encapsulated it all into a blog post, the link for which is in the notes. So if you're interested to find out about the approach that I took, and I would love feedback on this, just go read the blog post and, and ping me on the channel. Um And this week, well, there we go. I said I did it, It took about half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it was earlier this evening Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do. Uh,
0: And that's it from me. Awesome. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. I'm glad it went out. It it was so easy. Ah, it was, uh, you know, sometimes
4: when you're coding and you're working with an API and it just feels awkward. um, Mm. And sometimes it just feels like you're skiing... Down a mountainside and the wind's in your hair. <laughs> I'm getting all poetic now, but this is what it's that's what it felt like. It was really easy to use. Um and even okay. though there's not a lot of documentation, the code's written in such a way that it's you know, easy to figure out um, what's
0: going on. Yeah, we're getting there, there. we go.
4: We got yeah, we got
0: work to do, but that's okay.
4: Yeah. Well, congratulations anyway. I'm gonna have to go and pick up my kids from somewhere or other. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> you folks have a great rest of your meeting. Yeah. Take care I, folks. Thanks. All right. Uh, thank you, Nicholas. So, Rabbit just dropped out, and I believe Stargirl is. Oh, wait. I'll read off Summersoft here. Uh, Summersoft, who wasn't able to make the meeting, says uh, first and foremost, group hug, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to anybody who is celebrating. I hope you enjoy any and all of your festivities and that you get to spend them with family and friends. So, thank you, Summersoft. I should have taken a time code. I'm like totally off my time code game today um okay Stargirl is lurking so we're at myself so first and foremost i wanted to just say a huge 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 thank you to everybody at supply frame and hackaday for hosting an awesome awesome conference uh supercon was exactly as i had hoped it was a, a an, an amazing group of people doing all sorts of different things and i basically spent three full days chatting with them about what they're working on and how circuit python could make what they're working on easier and all of that. So, um everybody thanks to Digikey. So, uh huge hug report to Digikey as well. They funded the edge badges that everybody got at Supercon and it was really uh amazing to see people finally have the time to take a look at Circuit Python and just see how easy it is. I was walking around, I I got mine and just changed my name. It had the the sample code that Melissa created for like, hello, my name is, I changed my name to my name, of course. And like somebody saw me walk by and said, oh, you know how to change this. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And like, oh, just plug it in and edit this file. And they were like, whoa, like it blew their mind. So uh, we get, we had a lot of that. Uh, and so thanks to everybody who's made CircuitPython that easy. And uh, thank you to DigiKey for getting it in the hands of a bunch of folks. Um, in that note, uh, thanks to Sedacious, Lady Ada, Maker Melissa, and John Park for helping out with folks who did have issues with their edge badges. Uh, I was kind of surprised, actually, to see how many people uh, killed their file systems from using like Windows 10 and Sublime. So I- I'm curious to see if we'll actually be able to te- detect that that drops when the fixes that um, Zuba's got into Windows go out. Um so thanks to all the folks who, who are helping those uh, new folk, new CircaPythonistas get up to speed. Um, thanks to Katni e for hosting all of the meetings while I was away. I know it, uh, I believe last week didn't go super smoothly, uh, but it all worked out. So uh, thank you to Katni e for that. And uh, also thank you for jumping in today because we have an internal meeting before this and my like internet died right as that was happening. And I was like, oh dear, like... Katney, can you take cover for me again? <laughs> I was like, oh, so it's so awesome. Uh, thank you, Katney, for i. It, it makes my life so much better having knowing that you're willing to hop into that. So, uh, thank you to that. And then lastly, uh, a thank you to Baby Grimes. Uh, just showed up on GitHub and found and fixed an issue with uh, the GC long living stuff that we do, where uh, if you freeze a file in and then import it, it crashes trying to actually long live code that lives outside of the heap. So. They found and fixed that. So thanks to Baby Grimes for that. And with that, let's circle around to Anne.
5: Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Hello. Good evening. Um, I want to thank Katni, too. She's been um, shouldering <coughs> a lot of work. And um, and uh, she's just a trooper. And uh, big hug to her. Um, to uh, Phil, who... who Captus uh, at the top of the hour. Um, he did the Circuit Python newsletter, and uh, it was, I think, the biggest yet. I I judge him not by like length, but how many images mm-hmm. that he puts in them. And it was 97 images, so um, it was a huge issue. And uh, I think what made it really great was uh, all of the uh, participation at the at the Super Conference, Scott, that you were mm-hmm. talking about. It, uh, I apologize I didn't go, but, um, mm-hmm. it was wonderful on my end watching you all in near real time on social media, just, uh, meeting people and making quick hacks. Um, uh, uh, I'll give a hug to maker Melissa who worked mm-hmm. with, uh, Emily, um, on their, um, uh, on their badge hacks. I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, uh. Uh, so, um, and then a group hug to everybody. I mean, the community does so much and uh, and we really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Anne. Okay. Is Blinka around? We have a Blinka in our voice chat. Haven't heard anything. Okay. Let's, uh... oh, Blinka's the backup recording. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, uh thank you, Blinka then. <laughs> Thanks for being a backup. Uh okay, Brent is text only, so I'll read off for Brent. uh uh-huh. Uh Brent says group hug to everyone for working on and with CircuitPython and uh, welcome back to me. So thank you, Brent. Uh Carter and C Grover are lurking, so let's go to Charles.
2: Yeah, just a good old group hug here And I I found watching I watched a lot of the social media also, and Mm -hmm. I found very interest uh, interesting what was going on at SuperCon. Thank you. Awesome, thanks, Charles. All
0: right, let's go to Dan.
6: Okay, hi. So um, thanks to Jeff Epler, who's again last week I said he was diving with two feet, and he's continuing to do that, finding all kind of bugs, including some. or figuring out why we had some old long, uh, long-standing bugs and submitting a bunch of PRs. Thank you very much. Thanks to Effect, Um That's Lucian, who's continuing to add things to the STM32 port and uh, fixing some things when when bugs are found. Uh, thanks to Antonio, who's um, our BLE app dev- developer, and TAC, uh, who are working um, with me and Scott on... Uh, Defining BLE services in a more Bluetooth kind of way rather than in a UART protocol kind of way. Mm-hmm. And you'll be seeing a new app, uh, we hope, uh, soon that will control things that way. And um, Hack is working on an Arduino version of that, of the client for that, that would run on the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. So stay tuned. And thanks again, as Scott mentioned, to Baby Grimes, who found it obscure, an obscure and important bug and fixed it.
0: Ooh-hoo. All right, thanks, Dan. Jacob T is lurking, so let's go to Jeff.
7: Hi, uh, I especially want to thank Katni and Dan for continuing to get me oriented. And I want to thank Ion Pawa and Rafa Gould for their patience while we worked on the PRs. Um, and group hug for everyone who remembers to be grateful this holiday. It's something that um, I've been thinking about a lot. And yeah, just you, you've got something. Be grateful for it.
0: Totally. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. <clears throat> okay, from Jerry, who is missing the meeting, says uh just a group hug. Uh so thanks, Jerry. And let's go to Catney.
3: All right. So I have a hug for maker Melissa for providing a ton of support on Discord. Um every time I'm popping in to see uh make sure you know that everything is is copacetic in the 3D printing chat, uh Melissa is helping somebody out with something. Um, so that's always great to see, thank you. Uh, hug to Jerry for finding an issue in the Servo example in the CircuitPython Essentials Guide. Um, the example is fine, but the text uh, includes a code snippet that is incorrect. And uh, Jerry helped the, another user troubleshoot that and figured it out and let me know so I can go through and take care of that. Uh, hug to Dan for all of the Bluefruit BLE Learn Guide code updates with the recent release. Uh, we've had changes in how the code works. And so Dan's been going through and changing all of the code in the learn guides and getting that to those of us who wrote the guides so we can test them. So thank you for that. Um, thanks to Crayola for helping with refactoring the Circuit Playground library. And lastly, thanks to Dan and Crayola for helping with my PyCon tutorial proposal.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katney. Okay, Kinger North dropped out and is lurking, so we'll go to Crayola.
8: Um, my thanks this week are to, or hugs this week are to you, Scott, for the pointer about printing out coasters in GDB, which helped me immensely with figuring out what I was doing or how to solve um, the subclassing quirk that I ran into. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thanks to or a hug to Dan and uh, Jeff for their best wishes regarding the concussion recovery and group hug. There's so much going on, I can't keep up with it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll get better and better. Bigger and bigger. All right, uh, let's go to Melissa. Hello. Okay. Let's see here.
9: Uh, okay, first of all, hug report to Lady Aida for getting the TensorFlow guide updates just in time for SuperCon. Uh, that's really helpful to be able to point people to. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one for Lady Ada for reviewing a bunch of the tickets while we we're a bunch of us were gone at SuperCon. Uh, I report to Sedacious, You Scott, and John for all your help at SuperCon. I Really enjoyed meeting up with you guys again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I report for Katney for keeping things running while we are at SuperCon, and hug report to all the awesome folks i met at supercon and i guess another hug report also for just digi key and supply frame and everything like it's a, they did an awesome job it's just as fun as last year
0: sweet awesome all right thank you everybody that was hug reports uh let's go on to status updates so status updates is a chance for everybody to talk a little bit about what you're working on in the last uh Last uh, week or so, and then what you're planning on doing in the coming week. Uh, I have a feeling this might go a bit quick for us, us of those those of us in the U.S. because uh, we most of us have a short week. So um, I will start and take a time code. Uh, first and foremost, last week I got back from SuperCon on Monday. Um, SuperCon was amazing. It was like I said before; it was just a ton of people really interested in making things more accessible, uh, making their hardware more accessible. And and given that DigiKey gave them all the edge badges, they uh, could see very clearly uh, how quickly they could get going with CircuitPython, which is just, I think, everybody was really impressed. So good job, everybody who's made that awesome. Um, I got back on Monday. On Tuesday, I jumped back into the uh, BLE world, I did the extended advertising for Nicholas because he had rocked out the radio stuff, so uh, I added that support. It was pretty easy. Uh, I don't think there was too many issues to knock out. I got that in, and then the next thing I I did was uh, got pairing working again. Dan had gotten it working before, but I had broken it when I rejiggered stuff. So I uh, got that, and sorry, I thought the cat was... Having an issue. Um, so I I got pairing working, and then I got uh, Apple Notification Center service demo going, uh, which is not checked in yet. But for those of you with iPhones, it basically allows you to list all of the notifications that show up on your home screen. Um, so you can get references and IDs for all of those things, and then you can ask them things like, oh, what is the full message? What is the title? Which app did this come from? Uh, and when was it posted, that sort of thing. Uh, So that's going to be the foundation for some really cool stuff, and I've got to tweak that some more. Um, But for now, I kind of like roughed it out, and and we can refine it later. Uh, I then went from the ANCS stuff to uh, Beely HAD, which, again, Dan had had working, but uh, I rejiggered stuff, so it was broken. I managed to get it working on my Mac because I had, like, the problem... (laughs) Turns out I would, like, swap some of the hex digits in the report IDs. So I once I fixed that, I got it working with Mac. I did. I still haven't gotten it working with iOS, though, which is just weird. And Dan was awesome, and, and I was bouncing ideas off him. And uh, we have a couple other things to check with that um, that I will do today. And then I uh, also want to poke around more with, like, uh, having circuit python connect other bluetooth devices like initiate the connection which is known as like the central role so i have like a bluetooth mouse and a bluetooth keyboard and a bluetooth gamepad and uh two sphero devices that i kind of like all try to i'd love to control from circuit python so i think uh tomorrow that's kind of what i'll jump into and see see how far i can get um for those of us in the u.s uh we have a holiday called thanksgiving on Thursday, which is tends to involve a lot of travel and stuff. So I'm not, uh, personally, I'm not traveling, but I, uh, my wife has Thursday and Friday off. So the plan is that I will not work on Thursday and Friday. Um, I have a lot of just like house stuff to do. And then we're running a half marathon on, on Sunday. So, uh, we'll be busy with that. And I'm also baking an apple pie to bring to a uh, dinner on Thursday night. So I, I will be a little bit busy on wednesday i'm actually hoping to show the apple pie as my show and tell uh, on wednesday evening which i think would be kind of funny um and then the last thing that i have for this week is uh john parks uh doing a b lee related advertising project and i just need to sync up with him and get him the code uh to get going on that so um that's my week and let's circle around to Anne.
5: Okay, um, I'd like to go over a few things uh, that are going on that you all might like to check out. Um, see. As uh, I mentioned, the Python on hardware newsletter or Python on microcontrollers. I should change that. Um, it's an email you get once a week um, on Tuesdays and it has the very latest news i mean uh mainly phil is is compiling it pretty much all weekend so it when you come into the first part of the week it is the latest is not rehashed or anything so um we encourage you to consider subscribing at adafruitdaily.com um but you know no news is is complete without contributions from the community, um, you can go to GitHub and um, do issues or pull requests to let us know some of the news and then we can look at uh, incorporating those and that provides a lot better snapshot than you might get. So I encourage you to do that. Um, if uh, you're not really an email fan, I try to get a lot of stuff up on Reddit, um, if you're a Reddit fan. So um, you can go to uh, the CircuitPython subreddit and see what we've got. And uh, let's see, oops, edit, undo, Okay. I'm doing this from a text file, and I just wonked it. We really focus on our Twitter account, the Adafruit Twitter account. Um, There's a CircuitPython Twitter account. You can totally follow it. but A lot of that is sent over from the Adafruit account. So if you want a broader picture, go ahead and subscribe to Adafruit, um, Mm -hmm. uh, at Adafruit. Um, Excuse me, the dog. OK, that's all I got for today.
0: Thank you, Ann. I think your dog has more to add, though. Okay, (coughs) Sorry, I do have a cold Uh, Let's go I will read off for Brent Brent says uh, Last week finished up work on a secret Adafruit project More details in December I got sick Uh, Parentheses darn you winter I totally relate to that Um, Did a bit of MATLAB work And remembered why I like Python (laughs) Uh this week continuing with that project and wrapping up in the next week. Thank you Brent. Okay, Carter and C Grover are lurking, so we'll go to Charles.
2: Well, I don't have a whole lot, but uh I'm I uh I've started an interesting thing I found that I found an article about tearing apart an old toy keyboard and then using mm-hmm. the keys. Keys Ooh. as as a uh, imp- uh and creating a midi uh, your own midi controller out of it so cool. that's what i'm t- going to start tinkering with could so. you post the article please i'd love to see that I'll find, I'll find i'll find it again and post post where it is
0: awesome yeah i'm like i want to do LE midi and like that something like that is perfect for adding LE midi support
2: yeah because you it, it, it would be very useful to uh you know how to how to how to read
5: mm-hmm. like
2: a sixty one or a uh, forty nine or a twenty five twenty five key keyboard, right? You know, without a whole lot of lines, and that's 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 basic uh, uh, circuitry that
6: mm-hmm.
2: I learned about. You know, on a on a very primitive state when playing around with with the old seven segment LEDs. How to get multiple LEDs on one set of eight, eight, eight lines? Right, right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Please link me. Have, to a, that.
2: have a happy thank. Have a good
0: Thanksgiving. You too, Charles. From everybody. All right. Let's go to Dan.
6: Okay. So, um, as uh, Caddy mentioned, uh, we we have a bunch of learn guides already that we're using. Um, the tentative BLE API that we'd already introduced uh, earlier in Circuit Python, but that was revised. Scott revised that to be more general, and so I've now gone through all the Learn Guide code and updated it to the new uh, API. And you'll gradually see the examples and code things changing in the guides as those get. Um, tested and uh the prs get approved and we'll update the learn guide text too which usually doesn't refer to it doesn't explain the code in detail so there's not much revision to do mm-hmm. and the next thing I've, i'm doing is that um i'm gonna has asked me to try to talk to some uh we, there are ble light bulbs available some of them are just dim some of them have multiple colors and so uh, we have a learn guide on such a light bulb, which is now unavailable. And <laughs> so we need to try to find a substitute for that, at least one substitute for that light bulb so that people can continue to try this out. So that's why I'm going to be ordering some light bulbs and seeing what I can do with this over the next few days.
0: Nice. That sounds okay. fun. I was just looking up at my light fixture going, I should put a different light in it. And then I could Bluetooth
6: control it. <laughs> Well, I'll figure out which ones, but I'm not sure yet. There's too many yeah. to choose from.
0: i got to figure out what form factor this one is as well. Anyway, sounds cool. Thanks, Dan. Okay, Jacob's lurking, so we'll go to Jeff.
7: Hi. So last week I played around with the new build of the um, GCC compiler that targets ARM. CircuitPython builds with it, but some of the individual builds overflow unless we do things like uh, really tinker at a low level with the inlining flags. Mm-hmm. So we may not be able to accept the PR, but at least we know you know the code works, it's just a question of fitting on the boards. Uh, I worked on a PR to reduce the time in the background tasks. What's left on that is to check whether there's a regression in USB performance. And while trying to benchmark <laughs> that, I ran into a bug that would crash on the NRF boards and fixed it, I think we got I think one of you merged that PR already today, if not, uh, well, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I've been chasing down bugs in the I2S driver, and that led to three different PRs and a new fresh issue uh, because of this max I2S uh, amplifier. It doesn't really implement the I2S standard, and we may want to work around <laughs> that in CircuitPython.
3: Kay. So
7: this week, uh, Scott, I need your view on whether to continue working on that GCC9 PR or just let it go. Mm-hmm. I need to benchmark the USB speed. Um, I think maybe this PR2299 to create the code.py file. Maybe it's ready to merge now. Um, And then there's more stuff. I was unexpected. I didn't expect to get the ITOS stuff to PR status this morning based on how badly things went Friday. So that was like my major work for this week. (laughs) But now I'm going to be looking for new stuff. Uh, I definitely won't work Thursday, but I'm still targeting 16 to 20 hours for the week. Okay. And my ongoing fun projects are, um, I 3D printed a um, keyboard, and so the next um, step is to wire it all up. And so eventually I will have this custom keyboard running off of a Teensy, and next time around I'll do it with CircuitPython. Maybe we'll figure out how to blo- do a Bluetooth hid keyboard that'll, you know, run for long enough that uh, Mm -hmm. it's worth having as a wireless. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also working on an Edgelit digital display, uh, which will be in the Featherwing format, and I need to finalize and order the PCB layout. Hmm. I've got these really uh, neat-looking laser-etched slides that I'm going to light up with individual LEDs Hmm. so that hopefully you can show the numbers 0 through 9 and then make a clock out of it or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will share the link uh, to this keyboard design. It is someone else's. It's on Thingiverse.
0: Nice. I, I, one of the folks that I've been seeing in these conferences, like Supercon, is, uh, goes by Obra Online, but is the uh, person who does the like Keyboardio Model 1. And we were chatting uh, about making a dev keyboard that runs CircuitPython. So I think he's really interested in that, and he wants to get to CircuitPython eventually. So I think having like a dev board, like a dev keyboard, kind of be the first target makes uh, is is makes it easy for him to do it because it's not kind of like a out of the box sort of thing like his current one is.
7: Right. Yeah. This this uh, (laughs) point to point wiring is really a pain in the butt. I mean, I'm expecting this is like eight or ten sittings to finish it all up because my hands just don't like doing a lot of this at once.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I made a keyboard with a like straight up PCB behind it and it was still just a lot of uh, soldering all of the different keys down and the resistors or the diodes and stuff. Cool. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Let's go to Katni. All
3: right. So last week I finished up a guide for the new e ink gizmo Um, So that should be coming soon. Closed out a bunch of GitHub issues uh, as per the state of CircuitPython and libraries. Um, I updated uh, two uh, CPX examples to not use SimpleIO because um, it was easy to mimic what I was using SimpleIO for with a fairly simple function. And it means that there are no examples in the CPX uh, repo anymore that require another library. So all of it will work nice. um, with, yeah, with just the CPX lib. So mm-hmm. that was, was good. And I refactored the entire Circuit Playground library and added support for Bluefruit, um, including two new features for the Bluefruit module that we had requested multiple times um, for CPX, but it just wasn't going to fit. Um, I had... Uh, closed out PR actually with the code so it's fairly easy to add uh, loud sound and sound level so now you can print the sound level um, to use that as a threshold or something to that effect and then you can use a loud sound as a with a configurable threshold as a input Um, so you can clap and make it light up or or something to that effect Um, so that is Complete. So basically, it's the same concept as CPX, uh, but it all works on the CPB now. So, nice. hooray. Um, this week, uh, a couple of fritzing objects. We have two new OLED displays with um, stomach. Well, they're not new, but they're the they're redone with Stemma connectors, so plug and play OLEDs. Um, so I need to do fritzing objects for the Stemma revisions, and then also start the or if i get to it anyway start the fritzing for the feather e-ink friend which is coming soon it's not out yet don't ask <laughs> um
0: i think i wanted this
3: you did actually it turns out it was a request from you um and <laughs> your video disappeared in that meeting right before she showed it off <laughs> oh, yeah. so um yeah so she's got a, she's got a panel of them um but they're not uh obviously ready yet
0: Sweet. um i'm so and, lazy
3: <laughs> well, like, yeah, featherwing your, your OLEDs, done. Um, yep. Or your inks, rather. Um, so I need to update, possibly, a couple of Bluefruit guides um, that may have changed because of the BLEIO updates that were released in beta zero. Um, Dan updated all the code uh, for all of us who wrote these guides, and it is up to us to test it on our setup and... Um, make sure that the guides reflect the changes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the guides that I wrote were written with the fact that it was going to change in mind. So I feel like there's not actually a whole lot that I have to do, which is good, Um, but it still need to go through and make sure that all those are set to go. There is uh, the typo that Jerry found on the servo page in the essentials guide. So I need to uh, fix that. Um, I'm gonna be going through and updating the first guide I ever wrote. The Mm -hmm. Piano in the Key of Lime Guide. Um, Someone was uh, running through it and needed some troubleshooting from one of our amazing uh, community helpers um, on Discord. But it was brought to my attention that the guide is woefully out of date. um, And after reading through it, uh, there's a lot of stuff that could be updated. So I'm going to take the time and do that and get it. So it's pointing at um, our current... Installs and not referring to CircuitPython 2x uh, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and also, while I'm doing that, I'm going to be testing it on Circuit Playground Bluefruit uh, just for the purpose of making sure that everything that we have works on Bluefruit, um, especially since we have the new version of the library. So it will be very easy to update the code. Um, it's a short week this week for pretty much all of us. Um, I should be around through Wednesday. Uh, and, um, I'll be traveling over the weekend, uh, but I will be back Monday and that's what I got.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Katni. Uh, I thought of piano and the key of lime when I was in the Florida keys. <laughs> okay, let's go to Crayola. Uh,
8: so last week I continued working on Pixbuf uh, subclassing support and finally got around to got it to a point where I was able to submit a PR that doesn't break the build uh, in the unit tests. However, it did involve changing the signature of one of the built-ins and I'd like to talk about that in the weeds section if we have a chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's any other way of doing it, but that's why we have the weeds section to talk about it. Um, and then. I will, I also did a small amount of work on um, getting NeoPixel and uh, .star to work against the changed um, API for PixelBuff. Um, this week, uh, because it is a holiday week here, and I'm just taking a few days off from my Canadian work, because um, I'm in the US for Thanksgiving, um, I will use some of that time to work on PixelBuff one of the things you do when it's not your day job. <laughs> um, so I'll be finishing or I'll add either support to the pixel buff, add the uh, fill in uh, C to it. So we have native fill, which will speed that up uh, and clean up the Neopixel and dot star subclasses and do some more testing and maybe get to syncing the Pi pixel buff with the pixel buff API.
0: Awesome. I'm excited to see that work. And if you do need stuff for me over the holidays, uh, ping me and I'll take a look. I just won't be working on my own stuff. But happy to unblock you. Okay, we will do. <clears throat> Thanks. Okay, effect is not in the meeting, but added some notes. I'll read those off. Uh, he says, last week, various bug fixes to spy and worked on display I/O issues. New MCU definition for the STM32F401, which is used in the meow bit. Added board definitions for the Pi B nano board, which is STM32F411, and worked on a board definition for a quote unquote black pill generic F411 board. Encountered some boot issues uh, this week, out for Thanksgiving. We'll check Discord for questions. So, thank you, Higher Effect, and let's go to Maker Melissa.
9: Hello. Uh, okay, so. Over the last couple weeks, I worked on testing and reviewing the edge badge code before Supercon. Uh, I updated the is on a couple of guides that were waiting on the beta release of CircuitPython. I started going through some libraries uh, that were using Display.io to work. It, uh, so they work in both CircuitPython 4 and 5. I'm still working on that, actually. Uh, I attended Supercon. I got back from Supercon on Tuesday. And I reviewed some PRs that were outstanding. I added the e ink gizmo to the gizmo library for CircuitPython and wrote an example. I wrote uh, the Arduino e ink gizmo graphics test example. Uh, I added e ink functionality to the image reader library. And then I w- had to go back and subclass that because it was making it so that was a dependency. And so I got that out. And um, I wrote the Arduino pages for the E-Gizmo guide. Uh, this week I'm going to catch up on some outstanding PRs, update uh, PyBadger code to handle external fonts better, as some people at SuperCon fa- uh, found out when they tried hacking it. Uh, and I'm going to go through and start updating the IS-31FL-3731 Charlie Plex guides.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. And yeah. last but not least, we have notes from Summersoft. Summersoft says, uh, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> mostly travel uh, travel prep and travel. Bits and pieces of Physici's Azure functions uh, last week. And this week, more travel and more bits and pieces of Physici, maybe. So thank you, Summersoft. And with that, that is status updates. Let's go to our last section where we get stuck in the weeds. Uh, It's called In the Weeds, and it's a chance for us to just have any longer form discussions about things that we'd like to talk about. Um, So if you have any topics, please uh, drop those in the notes doc. We have a few already, so I will hand it over to Jeff for the first one.
7: Hello. Um, So with (laughs) the GCC 9 PR and with the... um creating code.pypr, both of them were running up against code limits, particularly on m 0 with the Chinese translation, and that uses 2,400 more bytes of Flash than the English original. Something is going to have to give, and I saw a couple of possibilities. I don't know what possibilities anybody else sees or if there's a plan. Uh, One would be in 6x, you drop the translations for those boards altogether, you know, you're on am 0 non-express, it's resource constrained, you're going to live with English and like it. Uh, we could declare 5x the last version for it and continue to bug fix it for longer, so call 5.0 kind of an LTS. Um, and then as far as other solutions that wouldn't degrade functionality, maybe we can put the translations on the file system or maybe we can improve the compression and push this out a little bit further. Uh, so those are my ideas. I am curious what else uh, anybody thinks or if uh, there's another solution I don't see.
0: Uh, so I would not um, I would not drop translations. I think it's too valuable of a thing. Um, but one thing that we could think about dropping is actually the console. Like showing up on screens. So, one of the things that costs a lot of space is storing the built in font. Uh, and I think right now, if we have, <clears throat> I think right now, if we have display IO, then we support that as well, which I guess for the perky, we definitely don't. Um,
7: yeah, no, I don't think that has the font uh, storage in it. I bet that the right. delta is a lot bigger on the builds that do have fonts. But right now right. on an express build, we're fine on M four, we're fine on uh, NRF, we're fine. So it's really just the M zero parts.
0: Well, but that's that's not always been the case. Like, w- there's been a number of times where Dan and I have had to basically find space for the things that we want to do, and like, it's just the reality of adding stuff. <laughs> like I, I said this in the chat earlier, so like it is unfortunate that for folks like the folks that you're helping with the new contributions that they run up against this. But the reality is, is that as we add code, we make it bigger. Um, so I would say like, I, I don't really like the idea of like fix, like having five X be the last M zero version. Cause M zeros are by far the more, the most things that we've, we've sold and, and supported. Um, Kind of the way that I imagine it is just like, as we add new functionality, most of that's gated on like a module by module basis. And so new modules just don't end up in the M0 stuff. uh, And therefore, the size doesn't really change. Um, That obviously didn't, like, display IO was one of those things that added a lot of space. But in general, I think this is going to be a problem there. I don't think there's anything we can do to avoid it. Because even if we get to a point where we have free space, like we end up failing it. <laughs> so like it's just a fact of life of that 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 we're running so close on on code size. One optimization that I know that we could do uh one is we could compress key strings. So um the actual like key string tables are not compressed even though like all of our error messages are. So you could uh if you look in the one of the generated files by the compression, and it actually tells you, like, how many bytes is taken up by uncompressed key strings. That's something we could think about, and we could also think about um, compressing strings as we load them into RAM, uh, which would be kind of cool too. And then um, the other thing that I was targeting for uh, code size is all of the type objects that are created are actually pretty large. They're, like... Um, they're like 160 bytes per type or something where a lot of the fields are all the same. Um, So for example, like all of the different exception types are uh, types that are stored in code. And there's like features like the protocol or whatever that is not used very often. So I was thinking about splitting uh the type object into two where you basically say like this type has special features and like add a flag and then point to like the second struct that stores the special feature related things when you need it oh, That's uh, an interesting idea
8: especially since I just chased around a lot of code related <laughs> to that
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah so you may have seen that that there's there's kind of like a bunch of pointer fields that are usually the same but a few in a few cases they're different um, yeah,
8: and it's probably worth a uh, exploring in a fair bit more detail because there's a lot of things that look like they could be rearranged, moving away from direct compatibility with MicroPython in the internals and free up a bunch of memory, clean up, or change some of the calling conventions to make them easier, which might lead into part of the in the weeds that I wanted to talk about later.
0: Yeah, but we can always we, if it really is in core micropython, we can always point it out to Damien and offer it a PR up back upstream. Um I like Jeff's had some experience with that as well, and it doesn't always go quickly, but um it's good it's good to let him know what we're finding.
7: Yeah, and he will often see an angle that I just didn't, you know, due to so much more in depth experience with it. And right, that's right. a beneficial thing too. Yeah, And I was gonna say that. Well when we get to you, Roy, I was gonna tell you to talk to MicroPython to talk to Damien.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's Jeff, let's go to your second one.
7: Uh sure. I wanna talk about what uh people reviewers prefer with the PRs. Uh with the audio stuff, I ended up filing three PRs because I saw it as three different uh I found three different aspects that I saw to the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh do people want to see three? PRs and they're each touching on one aspect of a problem or one PR that covered all three things what's better I mean some of these PRs they were like two lines and maybe that's too small
0: I don't think there's anything is too small
6: if you're just fixing them all at the same time I don't mind you putting them together just in terms of waiting around for the builds to finish so, yeah,
9: that's true.
6: I, I don't think there's a really... If they're related in some way, or even if they're not... You know, I've sometimes like, noticed something and just fixed it at the same time. Yeah. So, I just... I would just... I don't think there's... I don't think you need to feel like you need to chop them up into logical units. Right. At the same time, if you have a simple one and you want to submit it, there's no reason not to go ahead and do that. Right. Because it should be fixed right away or something like that. So...
7: All right, I don't well, let me they're... know anytime I'm just filing too many little PRs and making more noise than uh, progress.
0: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't worry me at all. Like, small PRs are easy to review, and they're easy to get merged in. So, in general, I like small focus PRs, but as Dan says, like, don't go out of your way to do it. Like, Dan's done a lot of reviews for me, and it's like, there are always just random things that I've kind of come across as I'm doing something larger. Uh, I definitely aspire to do more small PRs, so I was happy with how last week went, but I tend to do larger stuff, which uh I kind of I want to be good about doing smaller PRs, so um I don't think you'll ever have too many.
7: All right, thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, and lastly let's go to Crayola. Okay,
8: so um one of the things I guess I should give a bit of context here. Um in implementing pixel buff and making it so it could be a subclassable native and being able to have auto show work during index operations or subscur, um, mm-hmm. I needed to be able to call back to a subclassed um, object or subclasses show method right. or a method on a sub uh, that was in micro Python or circuit Python right. in order to call whatever driver is appropriate to output pixels. And the way that um, MicroPython and CircuitPython implement uh, subscur is that if, um, that it may end up recursively calling using um, instance subscur, which will then call mp object subscur again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uses the class context when it does the instance subscur. Changing that. Uh, broke the unit tests and actually had a bunch of behavior problems, so I had to revert that approach. So what I had tried doing initially was um, tracking or uh, basically um, abusing um, the uh, object or the MP object sentinel, or I can't remember which one it was, and then if it saw that as the uh, value of the input argument. Um, sorry, the first which is the type basically, or the instance you didn't know which when you get an MP object subscript call. Um, that it would pass along both the instance that you're working with and the type to the MP object subscript recursive recursive call so you could try to work with it, but that itself had a bunch of other implications and just wasn't going to work out. So, Hmm. in the end, I ended up making it so that all of the subscript calls take a final or new argument at the end, which is the instance on which you're working, whether it's a class or an object or whatever, doesn't matter. And that allowed me to make Buff correctly work on the instance object when calling show um, because of an index operation without breaking unit tests. Yay. Downside is it adds one more argument to um, <laughs> subscript operations, which are pretty much everywhere in Python, it turns out. Hmm. And so I don't know what the performance implications are, and I don't know what the memory implications are of that change, but I can't see an easy way around it.
0: I haven't taken a look at the change yet, but it doesn't throw any red flags. Like, (coughs) Oh, sorry. Um, Changing subscript seems reasonable to me. I just need to take a look at it.
8: Um, there is one hack in my PR, which is that I didn't bother, or I made it so that um, can't, I'd have to actually go look. It There's one stub function, so I didn't have to change the signature. Probably should just go finish changing the signatures.
0: Yeah. I mean, I did that for um, all of the MP raise functions when we did the string compression. Like,
8: yeah. It's fine. The other possibility is a global cleanup so that um, the instance... I think you... And I think we always need to pass in the type as well. There's, I don't think there's a, a way around that.
0: Um, well, the instance should, the first entry should be its type, right? It,
8: yes, it should be. But if you have, um, I'd have to go back and look. I don't recall if there was a way to avoid doing that. Um, maybe we can temporarily expand the signature then go back and slowly clean up and test everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm fine just adding it. It would also be good to add a unit test that for the new functionality as well. Okay. I'll make um, and yeah, I like generally I don't unit test stuff, but if I'm actually changing the behavior of the VM to be like better, then I do try to mm-hmm. actually add one. So in this case of like having subscript call a Python function would be a good test to have. Then it's clear like what functionality you're actually adding.
8: Right, and that wouldn't be hard to add to the, um, I did find and figure out how to run the test suite for using the Unix port from yep. Linux. Yeah. Um had, had to do it in a VM, uh, which leads to my next in the weeds if anyone doesn't, if there's no more sort of guidance on the subscript signature change.
7: Well, I just wanted to ask, is there any way before the display I.O. changes to demonstrate that there that this problem or limitation exists or is the answer no, because nothing in a subscur ever did this kind of operation before?
8: Um, so I haven't I didn't see anywhere else in the code where a subscript called back to a Python method as a side effect.
6: Right. hmm
8: So this is the right. first side effect we have as far as I can see.
6: So is Subscur called by getItem or something? Uh, it's called Because I thought lot you would places, yeah. you would do this further up than Subscur, that. I don't have my stack traces on. Yeah, this, but I just, uh, this is an but, open question. I'm not asking you to
2: answer
0: well, think, this necessarily, but. I think I, subs, I, subscur is the C native version that implements get item and set item stuff. Yeah, it is. It's not like no, it's all, no, the it, C. It's called d- it, in a lot of places. Yeah, C so doesn't, it doesn't match.
6: Okay, so it, it bypasses calling get item
8: to do the work. Um, it's also called, I think uh, subscur is called. It is so subscript is your is the get item, the native one, and it's um part called directly as Jeff just posted to the chat in op, uh, the byte or the VM where it was right. the and that's where a lot of my backtraces were coming from is directly after op get item, like it, it just immediately calls Subscur. and I think that even the native um get item helper. Uses subscript like a lot of things go through subscript because that's how you get mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like in t- tuples and lists and arrays and strings. They all go through that interface.
6: But I, I I thought that if you wanted to redefine what get item is, that
0: you can't you can't on the C level, in the C level the objects implement okay, subscript. Okay,
6: that's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. yeah. in Python, that's true, Dan. But in the C native object world, that is not true. Okay. Because of exactly this code.
6: (laughs) Right, okay. All right, that's what I wanted to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up going down that rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the weeds. Indeed. Um,
8: And so uh, this leads to tests, if you don't mind. Um, So I'd like to figure out how I can do some automated tests for uh, Pixel Buff so I can exercise it and its behavior. And the current unit test framework that I saw doesn't sort of give me a good idea of how I would go about building CircuitPython as opposed to MicroPython because in the Unix directory, doesn't pull in any of the CircuitPython modules. In this case, I'd want to pull in PixelBuff, build it into there, and be able to use it in a bunch of the test suites. Right. Uh, do we have any existing test suites like that they are automated for things like uh, display I/O or groups or anything like that?
0: We do not. Okay. Um, awesome. I, th- I think in your case because pixel buff is like not port specific, I think right. figuring out how to add it to the Unix port would be good and then okay. reusing that infrastructure is a good way to start I would actually, uh, my feeling for all the display IO stuff was like I, re- I would actually like to set up uh, C-level unit tests mm-hmm. um, I think that would be really beneficial um, but yeah, it's we don't have a good testing story and so it's kind of just a like, yeah, uh that's good intuition. Feel free to like try to help us establish what that is.
8: Yeah, so I think that you're right about the adding it to the Unix port was what I was thinking we would do. I just didn't know if we were trying to keep that like it used to be in MicroPython.
0: No. No, I mean okay. the like MicroPython MicroPython's Unix port is trying to be more than kind of what we use it for. It's trying to be like an alternative to CPython where we don't care Mm -hmm. about that at all. Like The only reason for us to maintain it is exactly this unit testing, like the VM level unit testing stuff. So it's totally fine if you want to add a new module to it.
7: Okay. Yeah, if in the end it resembled CircuitPython more closely, that will enable us to test various things. I don't know which ones, but, you know, hypothetically, we make a 2s testing thing or an audio I.O. testing thing, and they would talk to virtual devices and let you mm-hmm. run your code against them. Right.
8: That would be pretty awesome. It would also be awesome if I could build that for um, Mac as well, but not going to spend the time on that right now.
0: You couldn't get it running on Mac?
8: Uh don't recall what was failing about the, it. was probably one of the libraries, and I just didn't want to spend the time with
0: it. Okay, so I, I've gotten the Unix uh, running on Mac and, and uh, testing and stuff. The one thing that I have to do, I think, is a uh, package config issue.
8: Yeah, it was, it was at around, least a package config around... It was either... Uh,
0: Live FFI, I think. And there was
8: also the xtls.
0: Yeah, I think... I think it's just a matter of cleaning it in the right order. It's a little picky. Yeah. And then for the live FFI stuff you have to um set an environment variable that tells it where brew installs it. But yep. um I yeah, can I can help you get that going.
8: Out. Or uh, I, or might just clicked play on the VM that mounted the directory and didn't make it that
0: fancy. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Uh I have got networking on Mac so okay. if you do want to get rid of the vm just let me know okay thanks okay and with that uh let's wrap up uh it's been over an hour thank you to everybody who joined this has been the circuit python weekly for november 25th uh 2019 this is a weekly meeting we have at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on our the adafruit discord server You can join it by going to adafru.it slash discord. Uh, We're in there all week. Uh, We're in the voice chat just during the meeting. Uh, This meeting has been recorded and will be posted on the Adafruit YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adafruit, along with podcast services. So if you want to subscribe and listen to just the voice, uh, especially my radio voice this week, um, You can subscribe on most podcast services. I haven't heard from anybody who hasn't been able to find it. So uh, if you're unable to find it on a podcast service, let us know and we'll get it on there as well. Um, Next week should be as scheduled uh, because it's not a holiday week. Um, So we'll see. Let's see. Is that it? I think that's it. Um, Again, uh, if you want to listen or want to receive the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, you can go to AdafruitDaily. dot com and sign up there. Uh, you'll get. We had the community news section. It's just like five times that much uh, interesting stuff. So I highly recommend it. Um, a lot of work is put into it. And, and if you ever have ideas or articles for that, um, please let us know as well. Uh, this is. It actually goes on. T- goes out on Tuesday exactly because we have this meeting on Monday where we can hear about all that stuff. So. Um, let us know all the cool stuff we're working on. And we'd love to share that with more folks. And I think that's it. Um, thank you to everybody again for attending and we'll talk to you all next week.
3: Thanks, everyone.
9: Thank you.